if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft when the ship and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Hello and welcome into the Fantasy Bible Podcast. Thank you so much for being patient with us last week. I hope I held down the fort. I'm your host today, Dane, and with me as usual and always going forward, Nathan. How are you feeling today? Glad to have you back, host. Feeling good, feeling good. Sorry I missed the uh, ad drop stuff, but I'm excited to talk about what was a truly excellent weekend of football. And I think it's kind of nice that we get to go an extra day because a lot of times in fantasy and even the NFL media cycle, it's like Monday. It's like, oh, wow, that was an amazing weekend of football. And it's like Tuesday. It's like, all right, what, what do you got for me next? You know, But now we can spend a little bit longer on what was a great weekend of football and, and talk about some of the awesome things we saw uh, this weekend, including Indeed. last night. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Indeed, it was a great weekend of football and then a phenomenal Monday night football game. The first half, a bit bleak for the Ravens, especially. Uh, the second half was rival rivaling any second half of any game thus far this year. Fantastic game. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, so this episode, we're going to do a quick week five recap for you and our winners and sinners of the week. A few of them from each of us. And you can find us at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, thefantasybible.com. And we go live on YouTube every Sunday morning at 1145 a.m. Eastern time to get you hyped for the game. If you have any last minute start, sit questions, concerns about injury uh, or you just want to talk some trash. You know, if you want to tell us anything you might have on your mind, that's cool, too. We love we love the engagement. Everything will be read on air. So, uh, and Boomy Vets update unfortunately dropped our first game. I know, on, but listen, the Boomy Vets. So I've yeah. been watching the tape. I've been watching the tape, and I think we need to call human <laughs> interference. Oh yeah. So here's what happens, Boomy. Uh, he takes, he sniffs the Seahawks treat, picks it up, drops the Seahawks treat, goes over to the Rams treat. Picks it up, starts to chew it. I say, hey, there it is. Then he drops the ram. Oh, treat. no. Oh, you had a, yeah, you false judged him. And I then think, yeah, he panicked. And he panicked. panicked. And he was oh, so, no. like, I was looking at, and, you know, he was like starting to eat the ram treat. And, and then I think I scared him when I was like, hey. And then, because, yeah. yeah. like, because I, like, normally, like, he's very used to, like, eating things and me yelling at him to drop whatever he's eating <laughs> because that's just the kind of dog he is. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think, I think that one's really on me and not on Boomy. I'll take it, but I like reviewing the film. I think that's on me. All right. That's a definitely a good clarification. So, you know, in my heart, Boomy is still five and oh, no worries there. Uh, there were some death threats immediately following his loss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do. I do want to repeat because this is like, I'm still laughing about this. Like, like I, so I went to bed. Uh, I was not feeling good about it as soon as Geno Smith went in. Plus, it was late. Um, so I wake up and I see all the texts at once, and it's like Dane, like still full faith in Boomy. 
uh, our buddy Jacob, absolutely. And then our other buddy, Danny, in all caps, kill that dog, <laughs> kill that <laughs> Uh, which uh, we are not going to be doing. Uh, we believe there's still profit to be had. And so his life will continue. And uh, yeah, tune in, tune in to the Boomy Bets. Yeah, and for those of you who are not following up until this point, Boomy Bets is where Nathan's cute little miniature dachshund picks the, the spread on the Thursday night football games by placing a treat on two logos. And thus far, Boomy was 4-0 and going into the weekend. And then you just heard our conversation about the deliberation he had between the two treats for the Seahawks and the, uh, who else played that game? Uh, my memory is uh, the, the Rams. Rams. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's been so much football since then. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Well, but anyways, since... that's on Instagram. Please follow us there. And uh, yeah. Not to uh, to my own horn. Well, I am going to toot my own horn for a little Please bit. Please do. But Why like, else do we have a podcast if yeah, you can't so, toot our own <laughs> So the thing is, like, uh, and I'll toot other people's horns because I was I was the least of the tooted this weekend or whatever. But, like, Boomy was, like, bad. It's almost like Boomy's bad game set off a weekend of in- incredibleness. Like, I bet FSU spread and FSU won. I bet Eagles money line and the Eagles won. I bet a five-team parlay that hit. And I bet the Ravens uh, money line mid game when they were plus 700 and the Ravens come back and won like that. That was incredible. But then we had like everyone in our circle had similar experiences this weekend. Like Jacob hit a huge parlay. Brandon bet FSU money line and won like $500. So I'm like, all that to say, like the boomy thing is real, like for good or bad, like he's going to make up for it through other. <laughs> through other means through other means you know like he was putting other it. spiritual energy out in the world and that's yeah. why you know the eagles upset the panthers yeah they did uh they did <laughs> barely do that and then uh, my also my patriots barely beat the texans both yeah. games very stressful not very convincing stressful. at all no no not oh, at all man so uh we do have some news that i did not touch on on the solo pod if you are looking for our uh what did I do on the solo pod? It's all a blur at this point. You did point. through, uh, you went through ads and drops. And the oh, best yeah, part, your waivers. Yeah. The, the best part was uh, that you made a classic blunder. No one uh, that I know would ever do this. Uh, instead of um, tough matchups, you said cuff touch ups or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did do some, I did one of your uh, catch <laughs> passes catch, or catch, pass catch catches. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, it happens when you sit in the host chair, you know. It's, yeah, it's great power. Boomy's four and one. And you know, I missed <laughs> a week there, but that's that's all right. Yeah. Uh, we all we all have down days. Um hopefully the podcast was digestible. If you are listening now, the waiver podcast might not be nearly as relevant. So, you know, hopefully you listen to that. Uh as far as news this week, I'll touch on it more in depth right now. On that podcast, I did mention Saquon because as a result of his injury, Devontae Booker is a top waiver ad this week. So Saquon has a low ankle sprain. Uh, the prognosis is two to four weeks. I'm planning for four weeks because the Broncos, or sorry, the Broncos, the uh, the Giants have a bye week coming up that would be at that four week mark. So uh, I, yeah, guaranteed. I, I don't think they'll rush him back in the third week. I think they're going to wait out of caution. Uh, you know, they're not exactly on a surge running for the playoffs right now. So if that trend continues, they're going to err on the side of caution. That's just my speculation. We'll know more, but typically low angle sprain two to four weeks. All right. Uh, 
Christian McCaffrey is, quote, trending toward, end quote, a week six return. So that's good news. We definitely have a plan just in case. Because, I mean, we've dealt with this in the past with uh, many a team. So I I would love for him to start. You have him in a league, Nathan. I have him in a league. Yeah, I'm having a very solid fantasy year. In the year in the league where I had the Mm -hmm. number one pick and I have Christian McCaffrey, I am one and four. So number one pick ain't all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely tough. Uh, very hard to replace a running back position, as we mentioned vehemently through the offseason. Running back is very important. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, speaking of running back problems, placed on the injury reserve. So he will guaranteed miss the next three weeks. That makes Daryl Williams a very good waiver add if you were able to grab him. Um, you know, Clyde Edwards himself has been a volatile asset. I mentioned on the last pod as well, but when you're in the Chiefs offense and you're the RB1 on that offense and we're talking about all these injuries and bye weeks have started for teams, like there's not going to be a better running back at all on the waiver wire. Oh, so you it's need real that. desperation hours for sure at this yeah. point. Yeah, we've like I, I feel like overnight, as soon as these buys start hitting, we we go from like, oh, it's hunky dory. I have depth to like I, I need to start a running back off the waiver wire this week and things are not looking good. Absolutely. Um, yeah. All right. What else? Anything else in news? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, so something that broke during Monday Night Football, John Gruden has resigned as head. <laughs> co- what a wild ride that was. Has oh, resigned okay. as head coach of the Raiders after a series of emails were were brought to light. I believe in an article by the New York Times, uh, revealing many racist and misogynist and homophobic slurs and slander, including about the about Roger Goodell the the CEO of the NFL, basically like, I don't know. It just truly disgusting display of character on his part. His career in the NFL is over and deservedly. So I don't care to ever utter his name again. I'm glad we can just rinse our hands. Hopefully the Raiders are taking this in stride and can, you know, keep playing football. The thing is like Gruden always seemed like a kind of likable sociopath, psychopath, which is like always like, you know, it's an oxymoron and they always are likable to a point. And then, you know, we see all this stuff couple takes on this first very good that this stuff came out very good that he's been exposed very good that he's been fired or that he's resigning rather uh the the other take which i've seen flowing around which i 100% agree with is this is like a targeted leak from roger could tell to just like either get revenge on gruden for what he said in the emails uh or distract from what's going on with the washington football team because yeah these this isn't really fantasy relevant but and i mean unless there's major sanctions but on like the washington football team but this is all coming from an investigation into the washington football team and it is odd that while significant the gruden stuff is the headline um well, there are like a lot a lot of other things going on there like there was a bit in the article about cheerleader photography Jesus being exchanged among Washington executives so I think this could just be like we could just be scratching the surface here um, Mm -hmm. into a a major NFL story which I don't know if that's going to have fantasy ramifications aside from just being a distraction from from the players yeah if we thought Hillary Clinton's emails were big uh, anyways (laughs) (laughs) uh, so the Eagles to, to pivot perfectly the Eagles placed Dallas Goddard on the COVID list so Zach Ertz, uh, a favorable tight end streaming option this week. They play on Thursday night football, so Goddard will not really ha- have any time to return from that list. It takes two negative tests 24 hours apart. 
he would have to test negative at midnight tonight and right. then test negative at <laughs> they'll midnight. Try. They're playing they'll try. They'll try. So they will yeah. try. The um, odds are not in his favor. What do you feel about Zach Ertz? Is he worth streaming this week? Can't wait to start him. Three catches, 16 yards. Yeah, that's probably what will happen. Even uh, though he has the room to himself. <laughs> look, yeah, I do like uh, I do like Zach Ertz as a start. I also believe that Levante David might be out this week. I, I think I saw that. Am I wrong there? Oh, yeah. No, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, a really good coverage linebacker that's going to be out, I think, or safety, rather. Um mm-hmm. So I think that, that no, he's a, he's linebacker. Yeah. Okay, but he he's like a he's like their coverage linebacker, right? Like yes. a, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, he's the guy that covers tight ends. Is the bottom is the bottom yes. line? Is what I'm trying to get to there. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Zach Ertz a good, like at this point. <laughs> I think yeah. he's guaranteed for five targets. Yeah, and, yeah, and, you and know, there's no one better than Zach Ertz on your waiver wire, so you got to do it. Just you know, be cautious because this the this. I mean, the Bucks defense hasn't looked great, but uh, this Eagles offense has the potential to just stutter all night. Yeah, like if you missed out on the Dawson Knox ad or the Dalton Schultz ad, or if you're still waiting on Rob Gronkowski, he's questionable this weekend, uh, then Zach Hertz is probably the best available. Uh, so definitely look his way. Uh, speaking of tight ends, Max Williams, Arizona Cardinals tight end, has a major knee injury. I didn't quite follow up in time to record this episode, but I believe it's going to be season ending or at least very close to I it. Saw, so. I don't think it's determined yet, but I saw like might be season ending or something yeah. like that, or figured likely to be season ending. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't look good. It's a bummer. He was kind of having a little bit of a breakout. Um, look yeah. for Zach Ertz to get traded to the Cardinals. Yeah, that's the funny thing is I immediately thought of the name Zach Ertz because, you know, he was a big trade name in the preseason. And now here the Eagles are with Goddard on the COVID IR and they can't afford to trade Zach Ertz this week. So, you know, maybe it happens next week. But yeah, the big brain move is that the Eagles trade Dallas Goddard. Oh, that would be a big brain. Well, who are they going to replace him with? Zach Ertz is not probably there after this year, right? He could be. I mean, on a cheap deal. He okay. could be there as a possession tight end. And then the Eagles have a quarterback convert, Tyree Jackson, who is a physical specimen and like dominated during the preseason. And he's currently on IR, uh, but there's a lot of hype around him. And then Dallas Goddard, I believe, is in close to the final year of his contract, if not the final year of his contract. Potentially, yeah, you're right. 2018, about four years, second right? round pick. So yeah, I believe this is either the final year or penultimate year. So he's in extension territory, and he wants like a at least a Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith baseline level deal. You know, so that's a, a lot of change for a, a tight end that is all more potential than production. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I could see, and that that to me like rockets Dallas Goddard up the the you know, the tight end rankings, if he ended up in, in, uh, what, what was it called? Arizona. Yeah. That's the state. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would entirely agree with that assessment. And last bit of news, uh, before we get into our winners and sinners of the week, Samaj P Ryan back up running back for the Bengals tested positive for COVID on Monday. So hopefully Joe Mixon is able to return. He did play in a limited capacity last week. Uh, other than him, it's only rookie running back Chris Evans, no, not Captain America, on that team. So they would either have to elevate somebody from the practice squad or sign somebody off of free agency if Joe Mixon cannot play and Samaj P. Ryan does not. They uh, did sign someone. They signed uh, Elijah Hollyfield. 
Oh, no, well, thank you for the update. Yeah, yeah I yeah. missed that. When I wrote the news this morning, oh. that had not happened. So uh, yeah, you. it happened in the, like, it happened very recently. Um, okay. But yeah, uh, they, so they did sign, and Hollyfield is a, uh, he was on the Eagles for a little bit. He's the son of Evander Hollyfield, and he is a, uh, kind of just like a bruiser. Um, you know, nothing super special, but could be worth an ad. He's, he's a different type of player than Chris Evans. So if Mixon can't go, then he's definitely worth an ad. I mean, a Mixon should go, but we never know with these like weird, always questionable players. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. If we're factoring this in for a fantasy discussion, then I would think Chris Evans is the priority there. If Joe Mixon is out and Samaj P. Ryan does not come back to the roster for COVID IR, but uh, if Joe Mixon is active, n- neither Chris Evans nor Holly Field are probably worth an ad. Would you agree? Yeah, and I've also noticed the trend, which may be like worth more talking about, which is these COVID players tend to come back. That's true. Yeah, we haven't really discussed that as much because there haven't been too many notable names, I think, on COVID IR so far, and we haven't been maybe paying attention. Uh, do you have any good examples or timelines that we should be looking at? I don't have like any great examples or timelines. I've just haven't run into it so far this year as in like a follower of the NFL or a, uh, a fantasy player. So I'm talking offense and defense, and defense matters just for like, you know, seeing how the timeline works but i I think antonio brown actually he missed yeah he missed a week i think it was a tuesday he tested positive or something like that okay okay but i think what i'm saying is uh well interesting for i think someone came back on the eagles we don't need to get into this but there's also if you can find out like whether they are on the list because of a close contact or not. That's also like important, but I'm just seeing, seeing it has less of an impact than it did last year. See so far. That's a good point. Close contact is much more likely to come back to play that week than a positive test. Um, all right. We've spent plenty of time on the news. That was a good discussion though. Uh, so winners and sinners, man, like we've but said, got a, uh, mystery. question. Oh, oh yeah. I'm, being a terrible host, uh, go ahead with your mystery question. Nate. All right. So you're starting a quarterback premium dynasty league, which is the closest fantasy format, probably to the actual NFL based on how quarterbacks are valued. And you have the number one overall pick. Are you taking Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert? Ooh. So, so that's a good question. So I'm assuming this is a redraft league where you're redrafting quarterbacks. No, this is dynasty. QB premium oh, dynasty. Okay. QB premium dynasty. Um, I think it's a legitimate question, which is probably the headline of this week right now. Um, Patrick Mahomes looked a little human. That offense did Justin Herbert to me. He's, he's sold me. I will never doubt him again. He is solidified in the elite territory in my mind. Um, even if he has a bad game, I will not rescind that opinion. And for, I mean, he's what, three years younger, maybe, um, I would probably lean Patrick Mahomes just because we've seen his dominance. We've seen what he can do on that offense and we've seen him go to the Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl, go to another Super Bowl. Like I would probably lean Patrick Mahomes, but I, I wouldn't be hating on anyone who went with Justin Herbert there, man. That dude is a stud. Yeah. No, the, the, the answer is um, Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson um, because you know, it's fantasy. But yeah. the, I just wanted to have an, an argument between or a discussion about those two players because that's the like the NFL discussion that's that's going on 
right now. I mean, unless you disagree, but I, I would take probably in fantasy Lamar Jackson over these players. But like, if we're just talking about these two players, it's it's a very tough call. Yeah. So if we're talking about dynasty, I might lean toward Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert, just because I'm a little worried about Lamar Jackson's shelf life there with the way he runs the ball. And it hasn't popped up yet. And it might not pop up for a while, but when he does fall off from that rushing floor, which will fall off sooner than his passing ability. I don't know how I feel about his, you know, the games where he has to be a pocket passer this week. He proves yeah, everyone yeah, wrong. Yeah, I was right. Like... <laughs> but, but at the same time last year, he did not. So it's, it could for be me, consistent. But... Yeah. If I'm drafting today, I'd be concerned if we see this continue the passing game. Cause it was phenomenal from him. If we see that continued, then I'd lean him for sure. I think the passing game was so good because just the threat of Rashad Bateman possibly coming back from IR had the Colts shook. Um, <laughs> but no, I, yeah, it's a, uh, I mean, that was like, to me, that was like a, a signature statement game from Lamar, like prime time down 25 oh, yeah. to nine coming back, showing the world he can throw the ball, showing the world he's not a running back. Like it's, it was yeah. just an incredible thing. And I think it, he probably changed a lot of minds and that's why like also the way he runs, I do agree though, there'll come a day when it doesn't, you know, continue, but it's not, it's, it's closer to Vic than Newton. You know what I mean? In terms of like throwing yourself at linebackers and stuff like that, it's, they tend to go out of bounds. He's very elusive. Uh, you know, he does put himself at risk, but we've talked too long about this mystery question. Uh, But it was a good one. That's why, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, yeah. The crazy, also the crazy thing about Herbert is like, no one expected this. Not this level, not even close. No, no. Like you go, you go read like Mahomes draft stuff. It's like, if he cleans these things up, He's, mm-hmm. he's got the potential where like none, everyone was down on Herbert. And when like the chargers were being laughed at when they picked him. Right? So it's uh it's great to see. All right, let's get into winners and sinners. All right. Safe to say Lamar Jackson was a steady winner and arguably most, if not all of the Ravens other than the running backs. I mean, Marquise Brown had him a day. Mark Andrews had probably the best tight end performance in a long time. Uh, two touchdowns, I think the best tight yards. end performance that I have ever seen. At least one of them, yeah. He he deserves all the praise coming his way. A phenomenal game from him. He caught everything. Oh man! <laughs> at least at least from a fantasy perspective, because yes, I'm struggling to remember a time when uh, maybe Kelsey or Kittle did it once, but I I can't ever remember seeing them go over forty points. Yeah, it's very very rare. Probably won't see that again this year. Kudos to Mark. Andrews. No, I think we can expect that every week for Mark. I wish we could. He, <laughs> that would be insane. Uh, props to him. He plays through diabetes. Like shout out. That's oh, that's yeah, pretty that's awesome. Incredible. Um, other winners, the entire Chargers team. <laughs> like, oh yeah, they, I wrote that too. And Brandon oh Staley. God. Like, oh yeah. I know he's not an offensive coach, down. but so aggressive on fourth down. He's he's got a good defense. I, the, one of the coolest like football analytics moments of the weekend was Eckler getting dragged into the end zone. So they would get another possession quickly. Yeah. Like that yeah. was just that was just so cool to watch between two top football teams. Love that game. Uh going back real quick to the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, I saw a graphic of like total yards of production. And it's like Raiders are 13th, Eagles are 14th, Lamar Jackson is 15th in terms of like total <laughs> yards. And yeah, uh, yeah, which is just 
which is just nuts. But yeah, yeah, Chargers offense. Um, Mike Will, man, it's kind of funny. Like, cause we were like last week, we were like, we sh- we showed you that Mike Will has a floor, like, yeah, you know, and and he showed us a whole new ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> he's insane. Like, it's safe to say he's the wide receiver to own on that team. Like, Keenan Allen was drafted as as the wide receiver one because we haven't seen this level of consistency and reliability from Mike Williams. Uh, God forbid he gets injured. I hope he stays healthy because it's so fun to watch, man. He's such a good wide receiver. Who knew, who knew it would take what four or five years, five years for this guy to break out. He was a first round pick up until this point. Hasn't been able to really prove it. And, uh, yeah, it's not like he was playing with a slouch, like Philip rivers was there, you know, he was fine. Yeah. Until his last, last season, last season. Yeah. A bit rusty, but Mike Williams, wide receiver one overall so far. Nobody could predict that. That's amazing. No, no, but we did tell you to take him. I am probably winning so many best ball leagues because I targeted Mike Williams so aggressively in those. Um, The thing is, like, I do think Keenan Allen is a great buy low right now because he's still like performing pretty well. And uh, if people are disappointed that they're not, they're seeing the ball go to Mike Williams so much, they might be willing to sell him. And the thing that people say that could happen that sometimes happen that sometimes doesn't where the coverage shifts and opposing uh, defenses True. start honing in on Williams. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't make a lick of difference. Um, but yeah. So yeah, I think Keenan's a good buy low. Also Eckler shout out Austin Eckler RB two, I believe overall. Yeah. Three touchdowns. Uh, one of them, like you said, dragged in by the Browns. What a game. If, yeah. if you didn't see that, you truly missed a phenomenal <laughs> against RB two against his will. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, oh, I want to I also shout out uh quarter Patterson who did not have a huge game, but showed that he's just a steady part of this offense. And you, yeah. you like to see that if you've traded for him or, or we're lucky enough to pick him up on the waiver. Yeah, I would agree. He had a lot more touches early in the game and on everything other than third down. So he was definitely involved in that offense a lot more. Had to miss some time with a possible concussion. So he would have had even more work. Uh, also, shout out to Kyle Pitts. He's a true tight end one in this league, I think now. Uh, he solidified that in that game in London for them. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, Jamar Chase had a phenomenal week. Devontae Adams showed out in that Packers game. The Packers-Cincinnati Bengals game was insane as well. Oh, yeah. We, all the missed kicks there were what two or three kicks before the end of regulation where each team could have gone ahead for the win miss 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 now we go to overtime uh and then the Bengals have another field goal opportunity mcpherson the rookie kicker misses again and then finally uh oh man i'm forgetting his name crosby mason crosby Crosby, the packers gets redemption it doesn't miss three in a row. Finally gets one through. I was worried we were going to see a repeat of that six, six game from so long ago. And I needed the Packers to win for that, uh, that parlay that I had. So winners from that game, obviously Jamar chase is a center T Higgins. Are we concerned at all with T Higgins? We it is his first game back from injury, but I do have him on my centers list because I did want to talk about him. I think, Context is important there. It is his first game back from injury, uh, a painful shoulder injury that kept him off the field the last two weeks. Um, And then he did actually miss a drive or two. I can't remember how much. I didn't see every single snap of that game, but he did, uh, you know, they had to break for a commercial for him. So he missed at least some time there. So I don't know how much that limited him going forward, but I do believe that 
his time off the field has given Jamar Chase a clear stranglehold on that wide receiver one there. So that's something I did not predict in the preseason, but um, I'm willing to admit now that that's how you should project your, you know, your outlook going forward. Uh, I'm not panicked on him though. I think he has opportunity to be a, a strong part of this offense, especially as Joe Burrow, uh, you know, continues to gain strength in that offense and he's still coming back from major injury. We should factor that in as well. Very fair. Joe Burrow is quickly becoming aesthetically my favorite quarterback in the league. Hmm. It's I mean, just he's a, fun. he's a bruiser. Like, he's just what you tough, mean? Yeah. dude. It's just yeah, fun yeah. to watch him just hang in the pocket and sling it. Like he's not the you know, obviously he's still coming on and he doesn't have a great line or anything. He's but you know, he's not Herbert, he's not Mahomes, he's not one of these top guys, but I think he could get there. And he's just really fun to watch. Um, okay, other winners this week. I have uh Cortland Sutton truthers parentheses, not us. <laughs> <laughs> well, for clarity, we did start. We, I guess uh, we were Sutton truthers in terms of like, yeah, in the, going into the season, but we had him as a sit, I think. I think we did. You're right. Yeah, we did. So, yeah, on the season, we were right about Cortland Sutton thus far. But as of last week, we thought he would have a down game based on the matchup. He did not, uh, thanks to a very long touchdown he scored. He did look great. Uh, he's a guy I'm projecting with a lot more confidence going forward, although we will have Jerry Judy returning in a week or two. So that's something to factor in there with your expectations. But um, oh, Well, yeah, so I saw an article that said that you should sell high on Cortland Sutton because three of the Broncos' top six whiteouts are out and Judy will be back soon. But to me, Cortland Sutton is like the 1A or 1B, depending like he and Judy yeah. could trade off just like CD and Cooper every other week. So, I mean, obviously the quarterback play isn't there. So there's diminished returns on that, but yeah, no, I, I love Cortland Sutton. Um, you think AJ Brown's a good buy low? I have anyone who's going to buy low on AJ Brown as a winner right now. Yeah, I absolutely think so. If you have the luxury of trading an asset away for a wide receiver in AJ Brown, who has not really performed thus far, but should perform going forward, I, I do believe in him. I think he's a, a legitimate buy low as much as they come. Uh, you know, we're through five weeks now. That owner of AJ Brown is probably a bit jaded by him. So yeah. you can definitely make the case, say, hey, look, he hasn't panned out. It's okay to cut your losses. Here's, uh, you know, a running back too, because you might have a bye week or an injury at running back and you need this guy. And here's a, a wide receiver three or four in place of AJ Brown. So that's a trade I would absolutely make if I have the pieces. Yeah. And if, if you know your league, if the guy who has AJ Brown is a guy that doesn't realize that he only played like 64% of the snaps or something like that coming back from injury um, and still looked, you know, like AJ Brown and the, in the catches he had, mm -hmm. um, you know, that that's a move to make. All right. Do we have, Oh, all right, I just want to talk about this. So we, when we uh, talked on the Sunday uh, mass and set my lineup, um, we, and I started both Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Mm -hmm. it, it was not the right move because Miles Gaskin had an insane game, which ridiculous. I, like I did not like. I can't fault myself for that. I did not see that yeah. coming. Maybe people did, and maybe I should have rode with him. But that seemed out of nowhere to me. But like that, like Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott may both be startable week to week. I got like twenty something points from Zeke and thirteen points from uh, Pollard. 
Yeah, I mean that's fair. Yeah, I think when they have a good game, absolutely. But you're you're playing with the floor case there. You know, if if somehow the Cowboys don't have a good rushing game, which oh, but have it, you seen the Cowboys? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> they, that has only happened in Week One against Tampa Bay. So I think only in extreme matchup scenarios you could say that's a terrible idea. It's obviously you know putting your eggs in one basket, but the Cowboys are a good basket to put all your eggs in. So I think it's legitimate if you're struggling and you have both those guys. You drafted Tony Pollard as a handcuff, maybe, and now you're missing your RB2. I mean, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I like it. Kudos um, to you. All right. Let's talk about our biggest winner of the week. Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. Yeah. And me as a lifelong owner of Kadarius Tony. You did just trade for him in Dynasty. I'm jealous. I wanted him. I didn't think I could pay enough for him. And the value you got on him, I think, will prove to be phenomenal years to come. Yeah, I traded two second-round picks for him and was immediately offered a first uh, by someone else in the league. So yeah. just just to show the market there. Um, th- I mean, look, Travis Fulgham is a cautionary tale. There are breakout games that don't, Bear out in reality, but man, he just looked like somebody you want on every fantasy thing. Yeah, like, he he looked the part. I mean, I have him in PJP. I, he's my he could be my keeper. Like, the, I wanted to trade you for him, and that, <laughs> but I know I know you won't give him up. <laughs> well, the, 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 here's my here are my cautions. Okay, like we still have it's still the Giants at the end of the day. Yeah, and the Giants are a fluky organization. We don't know what's going to happen next year. Like. It's almost better to me from a fantasy owner if they stick with Daniel Jones because at least we know what we're going to get. We're going to get some good games. We're going to get some bad games. But we're, like occasionally, the production will be there. The Giants aren't going to win a lot of games this year. Like, Are they going to bring in a rookie quarterback next year? I don't know. It's, it's just, And are they going to pick the right rookie quarterback fair, in a rookie fair. quarterback class that doesn't look great? Is Dave Gettleman still going to be there? So... Like the long term, when we talk about like the you know quote unquote organizational stability and what that means for a player's value, there are some significant concerns. Not to mention, this is a guy that also got ejected for punching a player in the <laughs> helmet during his big headline breaking breakout game. One hundred eighty nine so, yards <laughs> would yeah. have easily hit two hundred had he finished that fourth. Oh quarter. yeah, no, it was it was going to be. I might have like won my uh, one of my fantasy matchups that he stayed in. Like, yeah, he was. Uh, he he looked incredible. Very sharp cuts, incredibly dangerous in open space. The concerns with Tony coming in were that he had like a limited route tree, like that he was just a gadgety guy that was going to need some time to learn an NFL route tree. It took him about five weeks. It looks like, like, so yeah. Uh, trade for Kadarius Tony. Absolutely. If somebody thinks they're selling high on him, I believe you're buying a year-long asset and especially Dynasty. I mean, I think he's the real deal. Uh, yeah, shout out us. We were heavily promoting him on the Sunday we, Mass Live we show were, on YouTube. Yeah. We did say start him over Cortland Sutton, and that turned out to be very close, but very guess close, what? But we were right by we like were three right. points. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, you know what take I'm sick of seeing is like... Anything he, from Dan Orlovsky? Well, yes, anything from Dan Orlovsky, <laughs> but anything that says like, oh, no guarantee with Kadarius Tony because all these receivers were out and he only had this game. 
yeah. all these receivers out. So like, yeah, once Darius Slayton gets back, you're really going to have to worry about <laughs> Darius <Yeah>. Tony. <laughs> that's exactly what I mentioned on the solo pod. I was like, yeah, that's maybe the biggest counter argument that, okay, Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony, or sorry, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton were going to come back soon. Okay. But if you, Go look at the highlights and then tell me that you can put that guy on the bench for Sterling Shepard or Darius Slayton. You cannot do that. <laughs> he showed you way too much. You have to use him in the offense, especially with Saquon missing time. Like he's your close to the line of scrimmage guy, other he's than Devontae Booker now. He's the everything yeah. guy now. He yeah, he to me is the focal point of that offense, whether Saquon is coming back from injury or not, just because Saquon won't be a hundred percent when he comes back. It's Kadarius Tony. Yeah, this isn't Rondell more scripted touches. This is like, you know, full route tree kind of stuff here, all across the formation kind of stuff. This is this is exciting. Well, not it's as exciting. a fan of the Eagles, but as a, a fan of Katarius <laughs> uh, Tony owner, I am uh, I am hyped. All right, we should probably talk centers. Oh, it's 5.50? Oh, I got somewhere to be soon. All right, let's talk centers. All right, make it a speed round. Yeah. Um, I'll, what if I, I give you three, then you give me three? Let's do it and say a few words. Okay, Javante Williams. What, what the dude is so good. Melvin Gordon, 60 attempts on the season for 282 yards and two touchdowns, 10 receptions. Javante Williams, 53 attempts for 247 yards and one touchdown, 11 receptions. They're the same player. They're being split evenly in the backfield. It makes neither of them fantasy relevant. It's so freaking annoying i don't think we're going to see the javante backfield takeover because gordon looks good he's efficient he played 25 williams played 25 snaps to gordon's 36 hate to see him get out snapped any week especially by 11 snaps so that's uh that's javante williams dallas goddard um split snaps with Ertz 50 50 and then got on the COVID list dallas has a game dominated you got to get him going he's never going to get going if he has to keep splitting snaps with Ertz and uh, me for my start sit list. Uh, I was absolutely on fire last week, but this week I won't go into every detail, but it was a rough week and Dustin Knox is legit. Very nice. Uh, yeah. For me, Stefan Diggs, he had four less routes run than Emmanuel Sanders, <clears throat> who has looked great through the week, uh, the few, last few weeks, sorry, and uh, caught more touchdowns on him. He seems to be a guy that defenses are focusing on and the Bills are taking advantage. They have the weapons to spread it around. Uh, so Stefan Diggs has definitely disappointed drafters thus far. Uh, we mentioned T. Higgins. I'll skip over that. Jacoby Myers. So sorry, Ryan H. I got to shout out him. He was a big proponent on our Sunday Mass live YouTube stream. He asked, "Should I start Jacoby Myers or Michael Pittman this week?" And I oh, told him, "I told dang. him I had more confidence." We led that man astray. I hope he comes back so I can apologize, like a true man. Uh, yeah, Jacoby Myers did not get his first touchdown of the season, although he had, he had two very close attempts, and. It, it was really the touchdown that made the difference. Uh, Jacoby Myers had about seven and a half fantasy points and Michael Pittman had 17. So, you know, I do feel bad there. Uh, I think the process was sound, but I think I will be looking more closely to Michael Pittman going forward. So maybe yeah, he taught me something Colts there. looks good on offense. I hate to say it, but they did look good. Yeah. And I don't know how consistent that will be, which was my main concern. And then Terry McLaurin, 6.6 points. Taylor Heineke showed why he was a backup, uh, you know, I don't think you should be paranoid about McLaurin's performance going forward, but definitely a bad week for him. And Sam Darnold was bad. TJ Hawkinson, three J three, 3.3 points. Like 
he came out of a press conference, I believe, before that game where he's like, oh, the defenses are targeting yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. They well, know yeah, I'm the best asset. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, NFL tight end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was – I like TJ Hawkinson. I had him last year, but that was kind of uh, kind of a pathetic reason to oh, talk yeah. to him. Yeah, like, can you imagine Gronk saying, oh, yeah, the, the defenses are keying in on me. <laughs> Yeah, like come on, dude, step up or step up or don't talk like that. Say we'll get him next week. Like just go next week. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's all that's what I got for sinners. Uh, okay, a couple more Allen Robinson. Not droppable, but not startable. Um, Panthers offense, Sam Darnold, still Sam Darnold. And uh Elijah Moore. What the hell, man? Heck, man. All right. Uh I have one other uh, two other takeaways that are kind of not in the winner center category that I wanted to touch on sure. and shout out Nathan Janky, another great Nathan of PFF. Um, because I was reading this article and these two things stuck out for me. He has Aaron Jones as a sell high because he thinks that Dylan has become involved enough with the offense to the point where Aaron Jones is going to see continual, uh, diminished snaps there's they're saying that dylan grades is the better runner and has been more efficient and more consistently gotten first downs so i disagree with this take but i wanted to get your thoughts yeah i mean on my like own intuition i do not agree at all with this take so i'm looking up his snapshot right now no the answer is no immediately uh i'll read through the first five weeks as a percentage 28 29 29 40 33 it has not gone up marginally at best like there's a the little fa- tick th- there's a tick sure he's being involved but the fantasy points are not proportionate to his snap share and his attempts his attempts have gone up as well uh he saw 15 attempts against pittsburgh uh in week four and, and he's catching eight. the ball a lot too it looks like so i do believe he's an asset to own but i don't think I don't think selling high is a thing most players can do in fantasy on Aaron Jones. Like we've just talked about the the troubles with running back and bye weeks are starting. Like if you have the luxury and you can get a solid running back and a, like a wide receiver one. Yeah. What if you could it, get like Aaron Jones for, I don't know, Terry McLaurin and, uh, uh, like the names that are coming to mind are injured, like David That's Montgomery, Chris yeah. Carson, yeah. Clyde Edwards Alaire. So I'm starting to see yeah. your point here. Um, it's rough. Yeah. Uh, okay. The other thing is uh, don't start Cole Beasley, uh, is my other, or the other, the, he, he wrote this, but I just loved it. So I wanted to read it. His role in the offense has declined steadily. He played 90% of the offensive snaps in week one which fell to 50 to 70% range the previous three weeks and then under 50% when they played the Chiefs. Caught one pass for five yards. Emmanuel Sanders is good. He's better than Cole Beasley. He's vaccinated. Don't start Cole Beasley. Imagine thinking you're the best slot receiver in the NFL. (laughs) And catching one pass for five yards. And you're not even the best slot receiver on your own team. Exactly. Cole Beasley. Exactly. Get out of the NFL, buddy. All right. It's been a great episode. Uh, anything else you want to add before we go? Um, no, our- that's, that's uh, you know, at Fantasy Bible Pod, and we'll be here on Thursday. Go Birds, Thursday night football. Uh, yeah, that's it. Birds, Chiefs, Thursday night, and Start Sits will be coming to you on Friday and a special segment to be determined. Thank you so much for joining us at Fantasy Bible Pod. Join us live on YouTube Sunday mornings, 11.45 a.m. Eastern time. It's a lot of fun. We love doing it. Hope you guys love it too. So thanks for listening. See you.